You're listening to the Living Word Church Podcast. To learn more about Living Word Church and our service times, visit us online at livingwordli.org. Today's message comes from our lead pastor, Doug Jansen. Today we're starting a new series called Out of My Control. And over the last several months, God has just spoken to my heart a few things that were so powerful and really freed me from struggles. It wasn't an audible voice, but it was just a time when God spoke to me in such a way that it just like flipped a switch in my life and something that had been a huge struggle, a huge kind of mental wrestling, things that I was kind of fighting through and praying through and struggling through. It just felt like God just sort of eliminated those things in that moment he spoke to my heart. And I'm not I'm not going to tell you what he said um, both times, but um, you know what's interesting about it is both times I was doing yard work. So I don't know if this is like a God speaking to Adam thing again, or like we're back, you know, in the beginning. But I, I'm so thankful. Like as I was just doing things and going through my day and kind of stressing in my mind about some things, God just kind of had it on His heart to give me peace. God had it on his heart to give me some rest and bring some comfort. And today and through this series, I pray that God is gonna do the same for you. I'm telling you, it was like somebody flipped a switch. It was God who flipped a switch in my heart from you know, where I was mentally, what some things I was wrestling with, some fears I had, to where I am today. I'm just praying that God does a bunch of flipping of the switching in our hearts for those of us who are in this series. And I so need God, okay, because here's why. The thing that God spoke to my heart that I'm going to share with you about today, I already knew it. The thing that God spoke to me, um, others had said to me. I have heard in messages, I am sure have preached messages on this topic before. But when God spoke it to me, it changed everything. And so today, I'm going to pray that God will do the same for you through this series over the next four weeks as we focus on this theme of things that are out of our control. I'm just praying that God's going to do his thing in, in your life. So can we actually stop right now and just pray and ask God to do something really special? So God, we come to you. We need you, God. Um, my words are just words, but your word, God, changes everything, God. And I'm asking that you'll flip the switch today in every heart, in every mind, in every person that's here and watching online, God, that you'd meet with us, Lord, that you do something so special and unique and powerful that only you can. And so God, come direct this service, meet with us here in this time and in this place, and God, do the impossible. God, bring the comfort and the peace and the rest you've brought to me and bring it to the people here and those watching online as well. We need you so much, God. In your name we pray, amen. So, well, you might be wondering, what did God speak to you? Let me first tell you what I was struggling with. I had really debilitating fear about three things. And I'm guessing you can guess what those things are. Three things are. First, that the Yankees would beat the Mets in the World Series. Second, that Chick-fil-A would go out of business. And third, that for some strange reason, some cosmic practical joke on Doug Jansen, that country music is the only musical choice in heaven. Those were the three fears I had. No, I'm not going to actually tell you my three fears because they're deeply personal. But I'm guessing you've been there. I'm guessing that you've wrestled with some of that as well. I'm guessing there have been times a fear has overtaken you. You haven't been able to sleep. It's been robbing your faith, your joy, your peace, your praise, your, your friendship. It, man, it's, it's just incredible. When fear hits us, when, when things begin to come at us, we begin to catastrophize. We begin to do doom and gloom. We begin to play out all the what-if scenarios. And I was doing that, and I was wrestling with that. So what did God speak to me? Just so loud and clear to my heart. God just spoke to me seven simple words. And I don't know that when I say them, you're going to be like, whoa, that was crazy. That was so deep. And everything just changed in my life. But I pray that as we focus on this today and then the next several weeks, that that's exactly what will happen. That all of our lives will be changed. And so the seven words were, those things are out of your control. 
Doug, those three things that you're losing sleep over, that you're trying to figure out, that you're hoping will never happen, that you're trying to figure out a way, if you could only this, that, and the other, and you're praying, 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 and praying is good, but, but all those things that you are hoping and praying won't happen, and those things that have you wasting so much time and energy and being at that place where, you know when your, your mind just gets some, some space, you know, you're not watching TV, you're not talking to anybody, you're not working, you're not focusing on anything super important, your mind can just sort of float? Well, whenever my mind would float, it would go to those three things. And I'm guessing a lot of us in the room have the same struggle going on. And so I would just say that when God spoke that to me, it was like everything changed. Because suddenly it just put it in such a category that I knew there was literally nothing I could do. There was not one ounce of energy or anything that I could do to control whether those things do or don't happen. And so I had to begin to learn to just shut that whole thing down. We're going to talk today a little bit about what that looks like. We're gonna to talk today about how one of the things that we do have control of is what we allow to run through our minds on repeat all day, every day. And so we're gonna see that, that, that the things that are in our control, the things that are out of our control, man, there's a way we can shut down those fears, we can shut down those things from running through on repeat and find some freedom and some rest. And my prayer is, again, that if you're here today going, man, I woke up and came and I got the Ranger game, I could have been at home setting up, you know, I've got, I got people coming over, I could have had that, I could have yeah, been golfing, I could be at the beach right now, we're really gonna talk about those seven words, yeah, those seven words that changed my life over the last three months. And I'm just praying God will speak it to you like he spoke it to me, because if he doesn't, then it's just my words. But my prayer today is that he'll speak it to you. So here on this board, I have a little visual for us. Now, the staff was making fun of me because it's not all that big, okay? And I actually started out with a whole version where this font was a lot smaller. They were like, let's put out a push notification on the app that we should all bring binoculars to church so we can read Doug's board today. So I'll talk about some of this for those of you who either aren't in the front row or, or have bad eyesight. I apologize about that. But, okay, everyone, I think, can at least see that there's a box here, okay? And in the box are things that we can control. What I think about, I already mentioned that, how I treat others, my entertainment, the time I invest in relationships and what I do with my free time, okay? There's other examples. Those are just five that I have here for you. Now, outside the box are things outside of our control, okay? The stock market, and everybody said amen, right? Stock market is a mess right now. How someone responds to me, I can't control that. My salvation, wait a minute, Doug, can I control that? Well, let's talk about it. We'll see today. The future, we all know that. If I have the spiritual strength that I need. So some of us are here today saying, Doug, I'm, I'm just scared my faith's going to fail. I'm scared that I won't get past this hurdle. I'm scared that I won't stand up to the temptation. How do I have the spiritual strength I need? That's outside of my control. If God's grace runs out, is God's grace ever gonna run out? I can't control that. I don't know. Struggle in my relationship with God. I have different things that are happening in my life. I have doubts, I have temptations, and I have struggles. I can't control that. It's just true. Another one, what someone did to me. It's a huge one. If God gets tired of me, does ever just get sick of me? I can't control any of those things. And you then can add whatever it is you've been wrestling with to this board as well here in the outside my control part of the area here. Now, what I, what I think is so powerful is just recognizing. For some of us, you can like sleep the rest of the message after you do this. Don't do that, really. But, but you could. You could just realize that just categorizing these things into what I do have control over and what I don't have control over could be a game changer for many of us here today. And that was huge for me. That was huge for me as I'm doing my yard work and God just spoke to my heart, Doug, those three things, you have no control over them. Just categorizing them alone was so huge. But now, that's not enough, is it? See, because for the rest of our time today, what I wanna do is I want to drown your fears with the goodness of God. 
I want to drown your fears with how much this good God is in control of the things we are out of control. And I know that that raises some questions. Well, if God's in control, then why that? And we'll address that a little bit. We've also talked about that a lot in other sermon series. And I'm happy to grab lunch or coffee or hang out with you after service and talk about that as well. But here today, as we look at what's in control and what's out of control, sometimes we even realize, like, even the stuff in my control, I need to be surrendering to God. But how much more of the stuff outside of my control? And so... What have you been tormented with lately? What's been on your mind? What's you been stressed about? What has you up at night? What are you not sleeping over? What are you ruminating over? Are you stewing on? Is on repeat? What have you told your best friend um, and you know, talked about? Or what have you told a counselor? Or what have you told no one? And you're in this alone. Hello, back to the last series. How are we really? Like we gotta tell somebody. We gotta tell God. Okay, a little flashback to the last series. But what is tormenting you? What fear do you have? What struggle? What even regret? What thing that you cannot go back and change that's outside your control do we need to talk about here today? This is so important because I'm telling you, man, when we are in this mode of anxiety and fear and stress and sleeplessness and exhaustion and, and running things over and over in our mind, if only I had, if only I should, if, you know, when will I and all those things, man, I'm telling you, our peace is going to be lacking. Our sleep is going to be under fire. Our praise is going to be absent and our faith is going to be struggling. So today, I just pray that we can get past that. I believe, like I said last week, God just has better than that for his kids. God's got better than that for his kids, for you and I to be struggling in those areas. If you're not a follower of Jesus, today you're gonna hear some absolutely beautiful things about Jesus. You're gonna hear some incredible things about who he is and what he does and what he wants to do in your life. So God had spoken that word to me. And then I'm like, okay, God, that's great. It changed everything for me. Those things are out of my control. Those seven words really impacted me. I've lived a different way the last three months than before that, which for about a year, year and a half, I had been stuck in a cycle of real struggle with this mentally. And so I began to hunt. Okay, uh, where can we look to the word of God to see how true this is? That there are things that are out of our control, but there's a God in great control. Where can we look in his word? And I have to tell you, I didn't find what I thought I'd find, okay? I ended up in a spot I wasn't expecting to talk about. You know, a lot of us say, Matthew 6, Jesus says, you know, don't worry about tomorrow. And he goes through all that beautiful discourse, and that's incredible, and that's great. We'll get there, you know, and we're going to talk about all different types of things throughout this series. But for today, I found Ephesians 1, and it just blew me away because it showed me this, okay? Are you ready for this? It showed me how God has cared for all of the biggest things out of my control, and therefore will he not carry me through the smaller things that are out of my control, okay? It doesn't mean bad things don't happen in our lives. It doesn't mean we don't struggle. It doesn't mean there aren't good days and bad days. It just means that through it all, God is carrying. God is able to sustain. God is able to pick us up. God is able to give us what we need to keep going, and he has been so good to us. So I want to drown your fears in the great God who is in control today. So let's look at Ephesians 1, verse 1. It says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. Everybody say, will of God. Okay, so right away, just in the introduction to the letter that Paul was writing, he says, hey, my name's Paul. I'm an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. And even that shows us God's in control of things that are out of our control because Paul lived his life up until the point he became a Jesus follower that was completely anti-Jesus. So if you were to look at Paul, you know, two weeks before he met Jesus, he would have said, my whole goal is to shut Jesus down. I'm going to shut Christianity down. You watch what I do to the Christians. And then Jesus shows up and says, Paul, I'm going to tell you what we're going to do, bud, right? Out of Paul's control. 
Completely out of Paul's control. His whole life transformed. I want to talk about a, a switch being flipped. Look at what God did in the life of Paul. Then it goes on. To the saints in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus. So he's writing a letter to the Christians in Ephesus. And then it goes on. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. This is my prayer. That in four or five weeks when we're done with this series, you will say, I just feel so full of the grace and peace of Jesus. All right, let's dig in. You ready? Verse three. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing. Say every spiritual blessing. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm. So some of us are sitting here today saying, what if I don't have the spiritual strength that I need? What if I'm tempted and I can't stand up to it? What if I'm ready to give up on Jesus and I can't take another step? What if I fall under the temptation and I don't know how to get back up? Well, Paul just told us that we have been given every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. Every spiritual blessing. I want to encourage you today. Be at peace. Listen, you can be at peace about the relationship struggle because God's given you every spiritual blessing in heaven. That doesn't mean that there won't be troubles in the relationship, but he's given you all that you need to withstand it. Oh, temptation will come in this life. It's crazier now, I think, in this world than any other time at any, any other place. At this time, in this place, man, the temptations young people face right now, off the charts. But I just want to encourage you, there's a God who's poured out every spiritual blessing on you. Every spiritual blessing heaven has to offer on you. And God is not stingy. Everybody say God's not stingy. You guys remember in school, remember you had the friend at the, at the table at lunch who would have like the it snack. You guys remember the it snack of your day? It's different for different generations, different it snacks, okay? For us, man, dude, we had the, the gum, the gum. Back in my day, it was called chewels. Uh, the gum with the juice inside, you'd like take a bite and it would just explode in your mouth. This is epic. This is called bubaloo. It's quite good. Um, we have all these at the snack table for you by the cafe as well. Combos, epic combos. That was huge in my day. Some of us can think back to the days of runts. You guys remember runts, right? You can find them in like the pizza place and the little machine. That's, they've all been there for 48 years. Don't eat these, okay? All right. And they'll also kill your teeth, right? Because I have none now because of runts. But we all had that friend and he would have the it snack and you were sitting there with like an apple, right? And you were like, oh, you have combos. Can I please? You have chewels. Are you kidding me? And, and you remember there was two responses usually, right? It was get your own. That was one response. And the other was, all right, man. And he'd take the chewed gum out of his mouth and he would suck the juice out and hand it to you. And you take it because it's elementary school. What'd you know, right? And so, or, or, or he'd give you like a fifth of a combo. Like I got a little, he, like he ate them all and he just like put your hand out and he'd do this and just like be like a couple pieces of cheese and salt that would fall on your hand. I'm just here to tell you today that that's not our God. God is not stingy. And he's poured out on us every spiritual blessing. And so when you're like, oh, Doug, I have struggles in my relationship with God. Yeah, but God's pouring out every spiritual blessing from heaven. And so, yes, we will struggle, but he will always be faithful to give us what we need to carry us through the struggle. He'll give us the strength we need to stand up to the temptation, the strength to get back up after we fall into the temptation, the grace to heal after a trial, a loss, a heartbreak. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms, he will give you the spiritual strength that you need. But Doug, my faith isn't gonna make it. Your faith will make it because God is good. Listen to me. If God can control that, then he can take care of the other stuff. It doesn't mean we get everything we want. It doesn't mean, well, but Doug, I've been disappointed in life. I've had heartbreak. I know we all do. But isn't it amazing how over time God carries us and shows himself to be present and shows himself to have a plan and a will and that he's working something good out, even the most horrible tragedies. Verse four, 
For he chose us in him before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless in his presence. Okay, listen to this. You ready? I'm worried about three things that might happen in my future, and God chose to have a relationship with me before the foundation of the world. Before the world's even created yet, God's like, I want a relationship with Doug. And I not only want a relationship with Doug, I want him to be blameless and holy in my presence. Okay, so I'm hoping that you're starting to get a little more confident in God, that he can control the little stuff, that he can control the stuff outside of your abilities because he chose to have a relationship with you before the world was even a thing yet, okay? And he also wanted you to be holy and blameless. Now, I think about this. So the nearer I get to God, somehow he, I'm seen as holy and blameless in his presence. I don't know about you, but there have been times in my life where I've been near someone who's really great at something and it only shows how ungreat I am. You know what I mean? Like when I was a kid, I was the drummer in our youth group worship band and I, I kind of prided myself on it. I thought I was really good. And so we went away on this retreat and we're at the retreat center and I have my drum set up and I've been playing all week and, and this guy walks in and he, and he worked at the camp and he's like, oh man, you have a drum set? I was like, yeah. He's like, I haven't played drums in months because I've been here working at the camp. Can I just play your kit for a minute? I was like, sure. And so he jumped on the kit and he made me look like I never picked up a drumstick in my life. And it all worked out okay because I blew up his cabin that night. But no, 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 I didn't. But man, I, I remember my friends looking at me like, Doug, like, this guy's got you, man. Like this one guy was like, yo, man, I hate when stuff like this happens. I'm like, I know, man. I don't need you to say stuff like that right now because me being near this guy in his presence just shows how unqualified I am. And if there were ever anyone who was holy and blameless, and when we got near him, it should show how unholy and unblameless, if I could make that word up, we are, it would be God. But somehow when we get near God and we come into his presence, we are holy and blameless. And it's because of his presence and because of his sacrifice and the way he rose from the dead that makes us holy and blameless. So I pray that as you are thinking about the stock market, the future, how someone responds to you, what somebody did to you, that you're seeing, okay, wait a minute, this really big God took care of my salvation, he took care of my holy, being, becoming holy and blameless. This big God took care of me knowing him. This big God, he, he's, he's able to carry me through the ups and the downs. He's able to support me. He's able to supply. He's giving me every spiritual blessing I need, right? Let's keep going and let's see how it goes into verse five. In love, he predestined us. In love. Everybody say, in love. So what that, those two words are saying is everything after you read the two words in love, you have to know it's coming from a place of love, okay? So he says, in love, he predestined us, all right? Now, some of you guys are going, uh-oh, that's that predestined word. Everybody say predestined. Some of you guys wouldn't even say it. You're like, I'm not even saying that one. It's a trick in church, okay? Well, what's up with the predestined thing? Well, the predestined thing has divided Christians, churches, families for like centuries, Okay, I want to let you know that on our church staff, we have figured out a way to get along, though we have different views on this. Hello? Everybody hear that? We have figured out how to get along, work together, love Jesus, love one another, even though we disagree on this. That's what it's supposed to look like, by the way, when we're followers of Jesus. We can come around, stuff we disagree on, and say, but I love you enough, and we got a mission, and there's people going to hell, and we love Jesus, and he wants everybody to go to heaven, and so we're going to, well, that's a whole predestination question, isn't it, that I just said, and so we got to figure all this out. But what does this mean, and what does it have to do with anything? Well, this is so incredibly debated, right? 
Predestination or free will, man. That's like saying LeBron or Jordan, right? Pepsi or Coke, right? Uh, Apple or Android? Uh, cheddar or Swiss, right? Like, like, how many cheddar people we got in the room? Anybody's cheddar? Okay, Swiss people? Okay, cool. There's nobody here from Switzerland, really? Really? Uh, got that? Anybody get that joke? All right, cool, cool. Just came up with that right there. I hope you guys enjoyed that. But I'll tell you, it's either that we choose, we choose God, or he chooses us, right? That's this whole predestination thing. And here we are thinking, salvation is in my control or it's out of my control. Well, about every two years, I bring up what Tim Keller says. This is so powerful. He says this. He says, we believe either we have free, free will and we're responsible for our choices and our choices matter, or something has set and fixed the future and then our choices don't matter. So basically, Tim Keller is saying, okay, it's either one or the other, right? And he talks about how if you're from the east part of the world, not the east part of Long Island or America, the east part of the world, you can fathom how it doesn't have to always be either or. It can be both and. Okay? Here's what he says. He says, but in the Bible, it's never either or. It's always this. And this is a big, long, run-on sentence. Incredibly powerful. You ready? You are free. And you're responsible and your choices matter. And you're responsible for your choices and no one is forcing you to make those choices and yet every single thing that has happened as a result of those choices is working out exactly according to the plan of God. And it's not just that God foresees what you're going to do, but rather what you do fits in with the course that he wants history to take. And you say, how can that be? Well, that's because you're a Westerner, he says. And it's always either or. Why does it have to be either or? Isn't it possible that God can actually fix things and work things out and at the same time not violate your free will? Why can't God do that? And he says this, well, I can't imagine how I would do it, you say. Of course not, but you're underqualified for this job of God. I think Tim Keller's onto something there. I think as we look at salvation and we look at the scriptures, he, he talks about this example of a door. I want you to imagine that door right there represents salvation, Okay. And you're walking toward the door of salvation. And above the door, it says this on it, Romans 10, 13. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And then you walk through the door and you turn back around. On the other side of the door, it says, John 6, 44. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them. So I really think Keller's onto something there. My conviction lies up with, with his conviction. It's both end. But even if you were like, no, Doug, it's got to be one or the other. It's either all predestination or all free will. Our salvation is still outside of our control. Because your salvation is a gift. You could not save yourself. I can't save myself. If you're not a follower of Jesus here today, I hope you know church is not about a bunch of people who decide they were going to save themselves. We can't. We need a savior, a rescuer. And someone came and saved us and rescued us. So your salvation, however you look at it, is outside of your control, and God took care of it. Amen? So, those three things. I'm journaling about, oh, i got to get free of this. Losing sleepover talking with people. Man, can you just give me another perspective? Can you give me another take on this? I just, and God, just in a heartbeat, goes, Doug, those things are outside your control. Just categorize them. Just categorize them. Start there, Doug. That is, those three things, not here. They're here. And so you can do whatever you want. You can cry all day. You can strategize all way. You can catastrophize all day. You can doom and gloom all night. But nothing is ever going to change the fact that those things are outside your control. But there is a great God who before the foundation of the world said, Doug, I want a relationship with you. I'm going to make you holy and blameless. I'm going to part every spiritual blessing from heaven. And I am in love going to predestine you. What does he predestine us to? Let's look. He predestined us for adoption. Everybody say adoption. As his sons through Jesus Christ, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the beloved one. 
You are adopted. Do you know that you have no control over that? You, you don't choose if you get a doctor adopted or who adopts you. God adopted you. God looked at you and said, that's mine, that's mine. Son or daughter, son or daughter, I'm gonna make you mine. I'm gonna treat you like my own. You're welcome in the house. Your picture's up on the fridge. You can take anything you want out of there. Grab a Dr. Pepper or a root beer or a water or iced tea or grab some bubble out of the cabinet because you're my kid and you're in relationship with me. And then it says this, in him we have redemption through his blood. You're not a father of Jesus. Redemption means bought back. God wants to buy you back, make you his the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace grace that he lavished. Everybody say lavished. Lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. What if God's grace runs out? What if God's grace runs out? What if he gets tired of me? Well, you just heard about a God who lavishes his grace on you. He is not stingy. Everybody say God's not stingy. So he dies in your place. He rises from the dead. He adopts you, he saves you, he makes you his own, he loves you, gives you every spiritual blessing, lavishes grace on you. All that was outside your control. All of that was outside your control. And what we need to start to see is that the stuff I'm addressing today that's outside of our control needs to start bumping up against the stock market and what's going on there. And what's happening, God did for our salvation that was outside of our control needs to start bumping up against the future and our fears about that. We need to begin to see that the things that God is speaking to here in this passage affect the things that maybe aren't yet spoken to here in this passage or those concerns in our lives or the things you need to add up on this board personally. Now in this next part, I want you to see something and I need you to be with me, okay? Anytime you see the word will, plan, or purpose on the screen, you're gonna say, you're gonna read it out loud, okay? As we look at these passages in Ephesians 1, verse nine through 12. You ready? And he has made known to us the mystery of his according to his good pleasure, which he, in Christ, as a, for the fullness of time, to bring all things in heaven and earth together in Christ. In him we were also chosen as God's own, having been predestined according to the, of him who works out everything by the counsel of his, in order that we, who were the first hope in Christ, would be for the praise of his glory. Is anybody seeing that God is up to some stuff? He's got some plans, purposes, and, and he's got a will, and that he's accomplishing those things? It says this in, in verse 13, And in him, having heard and believed the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, you were sealed with the promise, the promised Holy Spirit, who is the pledge, everybody say pledge, of our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. You had zero control over whether the fact God would place in you the Holy Spirit or not. What happens when you put your trust in Jesus? God puts his spirit in you and his spirit is there to guide you, convict you, direct you, right? Comfort you. But it's also there to be a seal, to seal that relationship with God or to be a pledge or a promise. In other words, to say, oh, this is real. This is real. This is the real thing. In other words, the Holy Spirit was given to you that you and I might taste God is with us. That we could sense it and feel it and experience it. Anybody's life been changed at all since you became a Christian? Just raise your hand real quick. If you're watching online, just write, yep, that's me. Okay? All right, good. Anybody? All right, awesome. So a whole bunch of us would say, my life's been changed. Okay? Are we perfect? No. Are we 100% where we're going to be one day? No. But our lives have been changed. And that is because God placed the Holy Spirit in your life. If you have become more loving, it's because God's Spirit is in your life. If you become more selfless, it's because God's Spirit's in your life. More self-control, more joy, peace, right? Any of the fruit of the Spirit, as they call it, as it's written in Galatians, right? Any of those things, that's all because God placed the Holy Spirit in you, and he placed the Holy Spirit in you to 
make us more like God, but also so that we will know that he is real and this is the real thing and eternity matters and is real and Jesus actually saved us and there's a heaven and we're gonna be with God forever. So if you've sensed this, the changing of God or the work of God in your life, then you can see, wow, God sealed me. And so that helps us a lot when we're going, what if God's grace runs out? What do I do about my salvation? What do I do about my struggles? What's, what if God gets tired of me? No, 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 he's sealed you, you're his. And he's given you the Holy Spirit as a taste of what's to come. My wife is an amazing cooker and baker. And she makes these amazing foods. And around Christmas time, of course, she's making like all kinds of crazy, beautiful Christmassy, you know, cookies and stuff. And so she'll take them and she'll put them in like a container and then put them in the freezer. She'll make them a little bit before Christmas and freeze them, you know. And you know, me, Kate, and Landon, man, we are hunting those things down. She'll put them in the freezer in the neighbor's yard across the street. We got it. Like no issue at all. There's been times she has actually saran wrapped and aluminum foiled, you know. And we are like spies. We come down on the Mission Impossible line over the fridge and, you know, like unwrap that thing and then put it back perfectly so she can't tell. But she knows there's like 38 and now there's 36. And we're like, all right, well, I guess blame Bryn. I don't even know what. But, but the, you know, one of the things she's done, because she's good to us, is she makes these salted caramel brownies. They're insane. Like my nephew's 16 years old. And it's like, Seth, what do you want for Christmas? He's like, can you Kelly make me some brownies? Like, I mean, they're just incredible. And so what she's done, because she's good to us, is she makes them and she cuts them, but she cuts the edges off around the side. And she'll put the rest in the container and wrap them all up and put them in the freezer. But we're allowed to taste the edges. And dude, they're gone in like four minutes. Like if there's edges around, they're going to be gone quick. But they're a taste, right? They're, they're a little bit of a promise, a little bit of a pledge, a little bit of a seal. Like, okay, this is coming. This is here. And this is for you. And guys, the Holy Spirit's been placed in our lives. A little taste of eternity. A little taste of God is with us. A little taste of God has us. Are you starting to see that God took care of by far your greatest needs? He's not going to forget the lesser ones. Like my salvation and adoption as God's own child is a trillion, you know, miles higher into the sky than if I were to rate the three fears that I have. And yet I, I wrestle with, with those until God said, those are out of your control. Those are out of your control. What's out of your control? What has you stressed and anxious? Listen, it doesn't mean that everything is, is going to go exactly how we want it, but we are, we're seeing a God with a plan. We're seeing a God with purpose. We're seeing a God with a will. I, I've said, I'll, I say this pretty frequently. Do I wish my mom was still here? Oh, man, yeah. Am I going to trust God's purpose and will? Have I seen some good come out of uh, her passing and her funeral? There's people that come to this church that got saved at my mom's funeral. Like, that's God working. Do I wish my mom was here? Oh, man, so much. But I see a God with a purpose and a plan and a will. And I, I, I've lived long enough to know that his will is good. Even when I, I get mad at him, I'm going to share in a minute a time I did get mad at him recently and kind of had some words with God. But I want you and I to know that there are many things out of your control. But then I would add two things. Stop stressing about what is out of your control. And trust the God who is in control. There are many things out of your control. 
Stop stressing. Well, Doug, that's easier said than done. Well, yeah, it is, but we'll talk about that in just a minute. Stop stressing about what is out of your control and trust the God who is in control. You see, this is the God that works all things for good. This is the, this is the God who, like my wife puts it, which I think is so brilliant, she says, we have to turn our what ifs into even ifs, you know? Like, God, what if that horrible fear, fear comes true? Well, even if it comes true, I have been saved, adopted, made holy and blameless, and God has lavished his grace and mercy on my life. But what if the stock market doesn't recover? Even if it doesn't, I'm a child of God. What if the future holds some pain for me? But even if God's got me, he's walking with me, he's giving me every spiritual blessing, he'll give me all that I need, and he'll pick me back up and put me back together. He's done it time and time in my life, and I'm sure he's done it time and time in yours. Somehow this God can bring good out of it all. You know, I didn't plan at all on sharing this, but in the last 24 hours, something God's been working on in my life is giving myself grace from things I wish I'd done differently and literally just saying out loud to myself, okay, I really wish I had done that a different way, but you know what I learned from that? I learned from that. I know what to do going forward. I know how to do it differently. That's a God bringing good out of even my own failure. I learned from that. It was stupid. It cost me. It was painful. I hurt somebody I loved. But you know what? I learned from that. God's bringing good out of something difficult that I went through. So what do we do? How do we respond to this? Well, we take the things outside our control and we surrender them to God. I cannot control anything on this board outside this box. And so I'm going to surrender it. What did you add? What's up here that we can't all see? Because it needs to be surrendered to God. Even the stuff in the middle, right, that we think we have control over, we need to surrender to God. But what does it look like surrendering it to God? Well, I think that at the end of the day, we have to realize, wait, this great God has dealt with all of these huge things, and so he can control the others. And so I'm going to stop because I can control what I think about. That's in the middle here, right? I can, I can control what I think about. It's hard, it's not easy, but I can control that. And so I'm not gonna sit and just catastrophize and doom and gloom everything. I'm gonna pray about it, I'm gonna surrender it to God, and then I'm gonna focus my mind somewhere else because what can I do except drive myself crazy, drive my family away, fail you as a pastor if I just keep catastrophizing and dooming and glooming over all the things I wish I could control that I can. So I'm gonna make a choice. You know, in the scriptures it says, take every thought captive, and we often talk about purity, right? And that's a great thing to do with purity. You see somebody, you know, there's a billboard. I was driving on the expressway or somewhere yesterday, and uh, there's this huge, like, completely inappropriate billboard. I have a choice. Am I going to stare at the billboard and then think about the billboard for the next three miles? Or I see it, I turn, I look, bounce my eyes, look the other way, stop, stop letting those thoughts run, right? Purity, that's great. We understand that. But what do we do with fear? We have the same ability by God's grace, given us every spiritual blessing, to stop that course of running and running and running and running over all the things we can't control. Over the next several weeks, we're going to zoom in. We're going to talk about some of the things on the board that we can't control and zoom in on a topic each week and talk about what to do with some of this stuff. But I'm telling you right now, if we'll just categorize in my control, out of my control, we're going to begin to find some peace. And if we then take the next step 
and say, okay, I'm not going to let that thing out of my control run my thought life. We're going to find even more peace and our faith will increase. And if we then take the next step and say, all right, not only that, but I am going to soak myself in the God who's in control. I'm going to, you know, like just go down as deep as I can into the truths and the realities of who he is and what he does in a person's life who understands a purpose, a plan, and will, even when it's really difficult. I'm so thankful that God was gracious to me those few months ago to speak those seven words. It really changed everything for me. I pray in this series it will change everything for you. But yesterday morning I woke up to a text from my wife. She's on the women's retreat right now and you know, she's having this amazing time, and she texted me Friday night. The service was so powerful. The speaker was amazing. They had this incredible time. She, she texted me Saturday morning, and she says, Doug, I'm horribly sick. She woke up. And she, was, she had a fever, chills. Her throat was horrible, and she's just like in this, you know, hotel room at the retreat. We're texting back and forth. What do you want to do? I mean, it's like four hours one way with traffic and everything. So I'm just texting her, and we end up deciding she should probably come home, just not get anybody else sick and all that good stuff, and so I have to be real with you. When I, when I put my phone down, I let God have it, man. I was like, God, like, what is the purpose? My wife's there to be a blessing to these women, to get a break, to have some fun, to laugh, to pray, to, to lead people closer to you. And like, seriously, she has to get sick again right now. 15 years of chronic illness, and now this has to happen on the women's retreat. And now I got to drive four hours both ways. I'm supposed to go to the movies with my boys, have some yard work to do. I was going to hang out with them, play some baseball, go to my son's softball game. And now I'm going to drive eight-hour round trip to go pick her up. God, seriously, what purpose does this serve? And listen... That's a small thing. Some of you guys have had some way tougher conversations with Jesus about way bigger things. So I go and get her, and we're in the car. She gets in the car, and she's emotional. She's like, I just, I wanted to be here. I wanted to, I, I wanted to be here with the women. I'm loving this. I'm having fun. I'm enjoying our time. I feel like it's so important, and now I have to leave. And she's going, I just don't get why I have to leave. Not a half hour later, she gets a text. And Thank God it's nothing life-threatening, but she gets a text from her dad that says, I think mom's having a heart attack. I called an ambulance and we're on our way. And my wife looks at me through tears and says, thank God I'm headed home. Half hour ago, we're saying, why is this happening? God, how could you allow this? God, who, where are you? What is going on? She's looking at me going, thank God. I, she would have been a useless wreck. Now, thank God they ruled out heart attack, Please pray for my mother-in-law. It looks like maybe pancreatitis or something like that. Something with her pancreas is off. But just a little reminder, a little glimpse of a God who's in control, a God who has a plan, a God who has a purpose, a God who has a will. And so many things we can't control. But zoomed out, looking back on our lives, I think we start to say, you really are in control, Lord. You really are in control. And one day, listen to me, one day, as adopted kids of Jesus, as holy and blameless, as lavished upon with grace and mercy and all of the spiritual blessings of heaven, you and I will stand with our Savior, seeing all things clearly, and say, God, you are truly a God who is in control. There are many things outside your control. Stop stressing about what is out of your control. Trust the God who is in control. If you're not a follower of Jesus, I'd love for you to pray with me and put your trust in him. He loves you. He wants you to have a relationship with him. But this week, don't doom and gloom. Don't catastrophize. 
Stop the thoughts. Those things are outside your control. Trust the God who is in control. Let's pray. Lord, we come asking for your help right now. We come asking for your peace right now. We come asking for sleep and faith and praise. I thank you that at the end of many of the verses we read today, it talked about being for the praise of your glory. So I thank you that as we trust you, our praise returns, God. And Lord, we just ask that you meet us in such a real way. So don't tune out on me, everybody, okay? I want to read Ephesians 1, 18 through 23 over you. I want to pray it over you. It's right after the section of scripture we just stopped reading together. And everybody, if what I said so far has not shown you that God is a God who is in control and trustworthy, then I pray something amazing will happen as I read this. Please don't tune out. Hear every word. You ready? I ask that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you may know the hope of his calling the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and the surpassing greatness of his power to us who believe. These are in accordance with the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. Listen, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in the present age, but also the moment to come. Listen to this. And God put everything under his feet and made him the head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. That, my friends, is a God who is in control. There are many things out of your control. Stop stressing about what is out of your control. Trust the God who is in control. Jesus, we need you, God. We bring to you those areas of our lives that seem like they're spinning wildly. God, we bring you those questions of, of hurt and pain and why certain things have happened. And God, you're okay with us bringing you those things. But along with them, Lord, we bring, even if it's imperfect sometimes, our trust. We say like the man in scripture, I believe, help me with my own belief. We come saying we know who you are. We've seen you take care of the greatest needs we have, and so we trust you with the lesser. If you're a father of Jesus, would you go to him now and would you name some of those things that are out of your control? And would you ask him for the grace to trust him? If you're not a follower of Jesus, you can pray with me now. You can pray something like this with me. Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for wanting a relationship with me. Thank you, God, that you have poured out on me every spiritual blessing of heaven and you've lavished your grace on my life. I thank you, God, that I'm yours, adopted as your kid. Show me how to follow you and fill me with your spirit as the promise. Thank you for what you've done. You're never